0: Thank you. Welcome to Level with Emily. This is music by Sander von Zanten for Deliver Us the Moon. Sander is the audio director and composer at Kaoken Interactive in the Netherlands. And he did the music and the sound for Deliver Us the Moon from 2018, as well as its follow-up, Deliver Us Mars, which came out in April this year, 2023. I loved these games. I was... uh, really emotionally impacted in particular by Deliver Us the Moon. I just absolutely loved that story and that experience. The music in Deliver Us the Moon is a little more ambient and somber than, I think, what happens in Deliver Us Mars, and it was just really great talking with Sandra about his music and the choices that he and uh, the development team made. Um, when with regards to music and just, you know, in general working on these fantastic games. Join us on Discord to talk about this and other soundtracks from games. You'll find that link in the show notes. If you would not mind subscribing to our YouTube channel, that'd be amazing. Give us some likes on some of your favorite interviews. That'd be fabulous. And if you can support us financially on Patreon, we'd be grateful. Patreon.com slash level. Alright, here is Sander Von Zahn. the Moon came out in 2018, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Right? Yeah. But it came out on PS5 last year, 2022, which is how I played it for the first time. So to me, it was brand new, you know, uh, experience. And I loved every second of it. And I, I just think that game is so special and... Um, your music is a huge part of that, so will you tell us, you know, who you are and, and a little bit about Deliver Us the Moon, and we'll get to Mars eventually.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, absolutely, thank you so much uh, to start with, uh, that's, very, that's awesome to hear. It's, uh, we worked on that for quite a while, came out in 2018 and uh, had a release on PS5. Uh, indeed, in 2022,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and that introduced the game to a whole new audience, and that was very awesome. Uh, but yeah, to take a step back, uh, my name is uh, Sander, to take the uh, the Dutch pronunciation, and I am uh, the audio director here at K.O. Ken Interactive. Uh, started out as a composer, uh, got involved into too many different audio things, and now I <laughs> try to juggle all these balls, uh, which is a lot of fun uh, in a team such as ours. Uh, where we like to create big, immersive experiences, but we're not a super huge team, uh, so we kind of have to make do with what we have and uh, and and find all sorts of interesting solutions to tackle mm-hmm. whatever creative problems arise uh, from our ideas. Um, Deliver Us to the Moon, which is our debut game, actually, um, was all about being an astronaut. It was about capturing that feeling of being in space, being alone, and having that really—you know—it's like a, it's like a double-edged sword. Where on one side, it's very—it's a very beautiful place to be. It's a very serene place. It's very majestic. But on the other end, it also could kill you very fast. And yeah. so it's it's super dangerous. And we we try to walk the tightrope between these two things, try, trying to balance them out, to, uh, to find an experience that uh, people hopefully find immersive and uh, leaves them thinking for a while after uh, finishing the game. Mm-hmm, definitely.
0: Uh, I, I think that, you know, the music really does a fine job of capturing that wonder and hope and also loneliness and... Um, you know, danger at times, but mostly it's just kind of this. Um, especially in Deliver Us the Moon, there's a lot more melancholy. I feel in that particular. Well, because sure. it's so D minor based, right? But yeah. it's like <laughs> yeah. it's like um, uh, there's still that. That just kind of that wonder, really. This like, oh my god, we're in space, you know, and we're yeah. doing all these cool space things, but it's really <laughs> scary. But Earth is depending on. I mean, it, I feel all that in the music. Which there are so many different ways you could have gone musically, and to to capture all of those emotions is, is I mean, to me, very impressive.
1: Thank you very much. I, yeah. I appreciate that. It was definitely a, uh, it was a quest for us to, uh, to find this. And it's been quite a journey. Um, and I'm very fortunate uh, to have met Kuhn and Paul, the founders of the studio, at a very early stage
0: okay.
1: uh, before the game. Well, I think the game was in its very first steps when I, uh, when I, when I came to meet them. And uh, a few months later, they asked me to come aboard and, uh, and, and give it my shot as a composer and sound designer. So I did that but uh, originally I initially uh started out as a fantasy orchestral uh, music composer that's what okay. i what i what i uh was into at the time and how i, uh, I uh, how I had taught myself to to write and compose music oh, wow. so I had to uh to really uh change direction and, and learn all these new things and oh what different instruments should I use here um, uh, how can I make sure that it's you know less whimsical, less fantasy-ish, and more you know captures the the gravity of the situation and the and the the atmosphere of the of the stars around you, the vacuum of space. it was <laughs> it was quite an endeavor, but so so interesting to to find out. and i'm I'm really fortunate to have gotten the opportunity to do so. Really grateful for that.
0: And the game itself, you know, uh, as I was playing i i i I really am very spoiler averse I don't like looking things up unless I am stuck or whatever I don't like to read about a game while I'm playing it, and nothing like that, so yeah. going through all of that with Zelda right now, but it's <laughs> it's like avoiding it's impossible to avoid but but you know with with moon. Uh, which I think of it like, I'm like, there's moon and there's Mars. We're going to talk about both, right? We're going to talk about deliver us the moon and we're going to talk about deliver us Mars. But with moon and and with Mars to a certain extent, although I, I didn't finish that yet. So, um, right, yeah. but with moon, I definitely was fearful that uh, kind of, what am I going to stumble across? Like, what am I going to discover here? And right. it was, that was fun too, just being like, am I going to, walk into a room full of scary creatures? Am I going to, like, come across a bunch of bodies? Which, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's just that that was really fun in terms of the gameplay, too.
1: Awesome. Yeah, yeah. it's... Uh, they leave you so much in the dark, uh, um, which was, yeah, such a fun narrative and also game design uh, mm-hmm. decision mm-hmm. to do. Um, yeah, we yeah we felt like desolation, isolation, loneliness was it was the the way for us to go here. So we intentionally decided to okay, let's not let's not make it super clear um, what you're gonna find next. Even though it's a yeah. super linear story and there uh, there aren't so yeah. many uh, you know uh, side quests or anything, it's a very linear experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even so, there are, there are so many ways where you can just leave your audience in the dark about what's. What's coming next? Even though there are always, you know, subtle hints on the way, um, but still, the the very few, the very I think it's the, the last two or three levels. I enjoy how the mystery unfolds there and how you slowly get to yes. unravel the the stuff that's going on yep. there. So I'm so I'm glad yeah. that uh, that also resonates with you as someone who played. Yeah
0: yeah big time and and you know and I do want to try and keep it even though it's been out for a while now I'd love to keep the end spoiler free just cuz I really want people to play it who haven't played it before cuz I just loved the experience of it but um but the end was I just sobbed it was so emotional for me and I think the just the conclusion of that story of of how everything wraps up at the end I just I was just shocked that I was sobbing (laughs) I was like what is happening to me it's like I'm like a 15 year old with no control of my emotions suddenly but but I just um I found the ending so emotional so I mean tell me a little bit about that if you could without spoiling and the music through that section is so gorgeous
1: oh thank you thank you so much um yeah, that ending has a special place in my heart as well. Uh, you, the the protagonist, the, your character, has gone through so much at that at that point, and um, there is a double mission for him there. And at the end, he uh, you know he he sort of accomplished both, and uh, his journey uh, could could have taken a lot of different turns, but we felt like we wanna we wanna we wanna continue the. Uh, the melancholic uh, streak there that we had going on, and that also could have taken mm-hmm. a, a couple of different turns, but it was a nice, elegant way to wrap things up. In so many ways, like the, uh, the gameplay, the cinematics, the way your character behaves yeah. near the end, it's uh, it all comes together there. Like you, you've accomplished this super huge, big thing that um, uh, that means a lot to so many people uh, back on Earth. Uh, But at the same time, you've accomplished something very personal uh, and something Mm -hmm. that was very special to you as as the character that you were playing. And it was nice to see these two, to see the dual goal there reach their conclusion uh,
0: in a a very Mm -hmm. beautiful
1: manner. And beautiful doesn't necessarily mean it's, uh, it's the super happiest kind of ending. which is something I very much appreciate about uh, the folks here at Koken Interactive. There's, um, you know, joy and happiness, they're super important, but also there's, there's a place for, for sad stories, and I think that's a very beautiful thing that I, I hope we'll be able to, to keep doing.
0: mentioned that you kind of envisioned or established yourself or set yourself up to be this fantasy orchestral composer or that's what your main interest was compositionally. So, what was it like to write this music which is all synthetic? I mean, I I think that's maybe a sampled piano. I don't know for sure, but but talk to <laughs> me about what that was like for you musically.
1: Sure. Yeah. So, originally, I think my initial inspirations just as a composer in general, were uh, fa- the soundtrack to Fable by Russell Shaw, uh, the amazing work on Guild Wars and uh, the Warcraft series. I think these are what drove me to uh, game music in the first place, before I realized there were so many others, other amazing uh, kinds of music you can write there, uh, and that if I put myself to it, maybe I can contribute a little to these too. Um, so, when I started out, I knew that I would not have a big orchestra at my disposal, at least not for the first few projects, right? So I thought, okay, I gotta, I gotta master MIDI. I'm gonna go and be the guy who makes MIDI sound like the best thing ever. (laughs) Uh, super duper hard. Uh, uh, I, uh, I, I can't quite say that I pulled that off, but there, (laughs) there are interesting textures. I think that uh, you can find in sample libraries if, the, if you use them appropriately. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's always, it. you never stop learning how to use them better, I think. Um, so even between Moon and Mars, uh, I like to think I'll learn a couple of things there. So when we uh, when we realized, okay, fantasy music is probably not going to be the best kind of music for uh, Deliver Us to Moon, we went back and looked at some of the inspirations, like the movie inspirations that uh, we looked to um, when we were, you know, designing the game as a whole. So so visually and in terms of, uh, you know, what was going on in terms of story or uh, level design. So we, uh, you know, all the cool uh, sci-fi films like Interstellar, Gravity, Moon, 2001, they have a very, there's, there's, well, I mean, they have very diverse soundtracks, but there is, uh, there are elements of majesty in all of them. And I think that word just kept resonating with all of us. Like we wanted to be, Majestic, but intimate, uh, mm-hmm. to emphasize like the, the huge vastness of space, but at the same time this very solitary experience that you are uh, that you are playing. And so we uh, we set out to uh, experiment with um, a whole range of instruments before finally landing on a combination of uh, I don't I don't know how many uh, sample libraries, but I think most of them. Uh, were let me check the piano. What was the piano? I think the piano was uh ATO's Steinway 1928 sample oh, library. Wow. <laughs> cool. And the strings, I think most of them came from the uh the Novo uh library made by Heaviosity. Okay, uh, they have a lot of cool uh sample libraries. Also, Forzo, I think that came out by the time we started developing the last level. Uh, so we put that to good use. A lot of crazy brass going on there. That was very exciting to, to get my hands on. It's like every time we start to release or develop something new, Haviosti comes with this amazing new <laughs> sample library.
2: <laughs> nice. And
1: I immediately jump on it, and I shouldn't. It's, it's too expensive. But, uh, <laughs> but it's, there's such amazing textures they have going on in there, and they just help so much. Um, and in terms of reverb, I think I used a lot of RC48 uh, back then. Okay. Uh, especially like the, the wormhole preset. I use that one a lot, uh, probably a little too much. <laughs> um, but, you know, the learning curve. Before switching to, I think, Black Hole, it was for uh, Deliver Us Mars. But back then it was RC-48. I really liked that one. It mm-hmm. had a very, I don't know, almost steely metallic kind of vibe to it that yeah. worked well.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and then... It, it, you know, a lot of the music is, is very ambient, of course, because for a lot of the game, you, you know, you're there are certain things that are timed, but you're kind of just moving th- through the environment and trying to solve problems. And uh, so the music, you know, just kind of supports that, right? Um, but then there are definitely moments where you're like in the lead and you're like, okay, this is dangerous, like the monorail crash or something like that. So so talk to me about those bigger, like more, you know, boomier pieces that you you got to stretch out a little more on.
1: Nice. Um, These are um, sometimes some of the most fun pieces of music to work on because that's where we can really um, uh, play with interactivity or at least dynamic music where it changes depending on uh, how far you've gone. And there's a bit um shortly after you've actually arrived in space where um uh where, where there is a timed section and uh, and and it gets a little tense. But during playtests we noted that you know some players are just faster than others and we want everybody to have the same tense experience. So we couldn't really go for a linear piece of music. So instead what we did is that um we developed a spline-based system where we knew, like, okay, this is the point where you start and this is where we need players to end uh, for the game to register that this is, uh, uh, you know, this is the goal. They reached it. They made it to the end. And based on where they were between the start and the end, we could, you know, we could translate that to a percentage and that percentage would drive the music in Hmm. terms of which layers would fade in. It was, um, it wasn't the most, super complicated, sophisticated uh, manner of dynamic music, but it, it worked very well in that particular situation where we just amp up the intensity of the instruments that are playing depending on how far you've gone. Okay. Um, sure. And we, we pulled that trick a couple of times throughout the game. Um, but in addition to that, these were also the sections that allow me to bring in some more percussion, and percussion is uh, mostly mm-hmm. absent from the entire soundtrack. yeah. Um, but these are the parts where we thought, okay, let's, uh, let's bring in a driving, pulsing rhythm here to really drive things forward and mm-hmm. towards a conclusion. And that was fun to, uh, to work with.
0: to moon but but let's jump into mars right away um because one of the things i love is how moon and i don't have perfect pitch so i had to i just like went to youtube typed in a440 and figured out that you know moon i was like d (laughs) as soon as i heard the a i was like d interesting like and so you know moon is in like this d minor based situation for the most part and then Mars is, y- you use a major third. So it's like a major, like, Mixolydian flat six, technically, right? I mean, I think, you know. <laughs> yeah. so, so, like, I was just, I loved that because, I, I, I don't know, I just, I nerd out about keys and, and stuff like that. So, so talk to me about those decisions and then why you wanted Mars to be, you know, it sounds, it's just a more hopeful Score really because of that major third, right? So,
1: yeah, um,
0: but the flat seven, you know, you don't have leading tones all over the place, so it still has exactly. this, you There's know, a, darker yeah. kind of, yeah. So, and you get the minor four all the time in there, and yeah, so talk to me about all that nerdy stuff. I just totally awesome. dug it, yeah.
1: <laughs> that is so cool that you picked up on that, yeah. That's great, <laughs> yeah. So, okay, for uh, for Deliver Samoon, we we set out to establish this very melancholic, uh, sad, tragic adventure. Uh, and that worked out. And we thought, okay, let's take D minor because that is you know, the quintessential uh, melancholic chord. Uh, so we did that. But then for Mars, we realized, hang on, um, that's great and we definitely want to keep uh, uh, you know, a very sad or melancholic tone to the music. Um, but at the same time we thought that actually needs contrast, uh, like all things, you need contrast in order to create meaning and significance. And, um, and that prompted us to experiment with starting off with, uh, with a major third, uh, before switching, uh, uh, well yeah we're switching a lot between the d major there mm-hmm. uh but then also an inverted uh, g minor chord yeah um and that's where a lot of the tension uh comes from
0: mhm mm-hmm.
1: um, uh yeah. but also the opening chord does start with a with a high c in there so there is that that seventh going on there and then we yeah. can just uh play around with uh you know with uh moving from the third up to the fifth and then even um I think it even moves up to a to a to a B flat, uh, yeah. while the C is still being held. So there's, yeah. uh, I I just love the uh, that we discovered uh, more close harmonies because we didn't really do that so much in Moon, mm. um, but also inspired by some of the uh, new sample libraries that we were using uh, this time around, uh, we felt very inspired to to use some more uh, denser chords and especially the seven or are something that I've grown incredibly fond of, so uh, I'll be using that a lot more.
0: absolutely loved that um you know again that hope and wonder really comes through with mars and and that major third helps tremendously um so what was it like and and the soundtracks you know you you did not leave anything out on those sounds you put everything up there, so I think <laughs> it's like nine hours of music overall or something between the two games or eight or so it's crazy. It's like four hours for moon and five and a half for Mars or something or what was it? What did it end up
1: being? <laughs> yeah so for deliver moon, I think it's uh, just under four hours, mm-hmm. whereas uh, Mars is just over five hours um, and that basically covers pretty much the entire... Entire catalog of music that is in there, with right. a handful of exceptions left and right. But I, I always find myself looking for the things that are not included on the soundtrack whenever I'm uh, looking for a game's yes. music, because they're they're usually the big pieces, right? That are that mm-hmm. are on the soundtrack. And I'm uh, I usually find myself in love with the with the smaller, the ambient pieces. That's what oh, I find myself looking for. And then and then I'll end up in a rabbit hole on YouTube where some, uh, random content creator thought, okay, I'm just going to go and stand here in this zone for an hour yeah. and record the music here, uh, which I'm super grateful for, but also I would love for these things to be more featured on,
2: mm-hmm.
1: on soundtracks. Um, having said that, I think for our next games, we may want to curate them a little more, but then also include these on a more like a separate mm. album. Like it's yeah. the ambient album. So you have a much more curated mm-hmm. version, like the main soundtrack. And then in addition to that, there's, you know, if you're interested in that, you can also trace the entire journey of the game if you're so inclined to yeah. do that through music yeah. again.
0: That's what's fun about it yeah. is you can you can get a good sense for kind of how long the gameplay is in a lot of ways because the, there's not music running constantly, but but you're like, oh, yeah, that was. And I'm, I'm one of those slow gamers, so I couldn't even tell you how long it took me to finish Moon because I just look at everything. And it's absurd <laughs> So, um, but still just uh, such, a, such a great Great experience and, and yeah, and I agree with you That there are many Examples where I'll go to a soundtrack And the music I'm looking for isn't on it For that very reason So, so yeah, yeah. I, I love that Yeah um, Talk to me about the piano In Moon using, Deciding to use piano
1: Piano is, um, well, first of all, it's an instrument I'm kind of comfortable playing with and getting ideas out of quickly. Uh, It was also a very practical instrument for us to use uh, as it's easy to drive uh, MIDI samples with that. But beyond Mm. these practical considerations, it's also just an instrument I grew up playing uh, in addition to guitar, but it's a little trickier to drive MIDI instruments with guitar. You can do it, and I want to get into that, Uh, but, (laughs) but I haven't been able to, to do that quite yet. Um, but other than that, it just has a very, it seemed to fit the morose and serene, uh, atmosphere there. And it was just, uh, you know, much easier to get ideas out Mm -hmm. because it was, it was, it was digital instantly. And in games such as the ones that we're making, iteration speed is king for us because we're with so, uh, we don't have a super large team, so we all need to divide our time between so many different things.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And music is uh, just one of the, uh, the many things that we need to do and handle in terms of audio. Right. Um, so sometimes there just isn't as much time for music as I would like there to be. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, so that means that the, the, the better and quicker we can get our ideas out, uh, the more fruitful it probably is going to be. Yeah. Because also, if you know, at the end of the day, you you got to get your ideas out there, out out of your head as quickly <laughs> as possible before the this ephemeral idea that you have, which sounds so brilliant in your head, just you know, it just vanishes and it's right. and it's gone. And it always uh, and it happens so often at night, right? When you when you yes. go to sleep and you're like, oh yeah, this is great. I'll probably remember it in the morning. All the time, and then you don't. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. all the time. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I just leave voice memos to myself now. Perfect. But also, you know, it's, it's, uh, I, I can't... There's just one melody I can do with my right. voice at the same time. So these textural yep. things that you come up with in your head, yep. these are a little trickier mm-hmm. to get out. And so the piano just felt like the most practical instrument for us to get ideas out quickly with, sure. other than it just being um, the instrument I was comfortable playing with. And it was just a very fitting sonic addition or foundation, actually, I should say, to the uh, to the soundtrack, it felt fitting. Yeah.
0: Was piano your your main instrument? What did you grow up playing?
1: So, <laughs> so I grew up playing. Uh, I started out with a recorder, I okay. think. All like right. the, the flute. Yep. Um, uh, me and all my brothers did, by the way. This was just part of uh, uh, the musical upbringing that our parents uh, raised us with, which okay. I'm very grateful for. Okay. But uh, then I moved on to uh, keyboard, uh, had a teacher that I couldn't quite connect with. Uh, and I was a naughty student back then. I uh, <laughs> did not practice super well at the time. And it wasn't until I started playing guitar uh, with a different teacher that I really uh, you know, enjoyed or discovered a love for music. Okay. Uh, and that's how I also found my way back to, uh, to the keyboard. I think it was through a synthesizer, actually, a, a Roland Gaia, what is it, SH01? It's a nice little, I think it's three or four octave synthesizer where you can just, it's not the most elaborate synthesizer, but you can get a lot of really crazy sounds out of that. Okay. And that was really awesome to work with. Uh, so that's how I found my way back to the to the keyboard. But then we didn't have uh, a lot of physical space back when we were writing to deliver us smooth soundtrack. So I think I ended up writing most of the soundtrack using a, a cork Nano key, which literally has just two octaves on there, so I th- <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was tricky to do. Luckily, I have a what is it? There's a 61 keys uh, here right now in the studio where we're at now. But back then it was we were so scrappy back then. It was <laughs> we were just starting out, baby steps, young studio, first game. Yeah, cork Nano key. <laughs> Two octaves. That's what you get. <laughs> <laughs> but it worked that, out. You know, and, for and it for to though. Think. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's so fantastic. So how
1: long have you been in this new space? It's beautiful. It looks beautiful, by the way. Thanks. Yeah, this is an awesome new space. Um, I think we moved in here back in October 20, either 2020 or 2021. I think it's 2020. But time flies when there's COVID. Uh, yeah. But I think yeah no, it's been it's been two two and a half years now since we oh, okay. got here, and um, and I'm very happy that we you know this this place already came with this this room that I'm in right now. You can see it from the webcam, but there there mm-hmm. are some acoustic panels up there, and there's oh, okay. this uh, this acoustic uh, material on the side as well, which just came with the building. It was here already. We didn't have to do awesome. it ourselves. <laughs> and there's plenty of extra stuff that we can do, and we want to set up some some vocal recording booths here as well. So we have some dedicated recording spaces. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, it is definitely a step up from the uh, from the place where we used to be. That's for sure. <laughs> Everybody has a much, much better space right now. And that just facilitates the creative process.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so one of the other questions I had uh, when we were talking about keyboard and... Um, you know, you with ephemeral thoughts kind of just going away in an instant or whatnot. There are some tracks, and let me see, I wrote down some titles here. Let me see if I can find them. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, there's this really lovely track on Mars called Home, and, uh, and I love this track, and it, it has this very improvisatory sound to it, and I was curious how often you write in that manner or if that was actually improvised. Just tell me about how how that track was constructed.
1: Awesome, yeah. This is uh, actually one of the few tracks where I could draw back on my uh, my earlier fantasy inspirations because I was reminded of this, uh, I don't know if you played the original Fable, Fable 1, but there is a a track. um, maybe you remembered. It's in, it's back in Oakville, I believe, okay. like the village just where you grew up in. Yeah,
0: I played just <laughs> maybe 12 or 15 hours on Xbox way back in the day. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah.
1: Well, then, um, I mean, it's been a while. Uh, yeah. so, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't imagine anyone to remember that track by now, but it's always stuck with me. It's called Summerfields, the track. Okay. And it's such a beautiful pastoral uh, track, I would say. And that's the kind of vibe that I wanted to uh, to capture here. Mm-hmm. uh and it, it just called for a little bit of improvisation improvisation where uh you can play a, around a little bit with the tempo with the density of uh, uh, uh the piano melody there mm-hmm. it was definitely a piece of improvisation and it's it seemed fitting uh you know you're at the start of the game uh everything should feel a little warm and cozy mm-hmm. uh not super structured back yeah, then yeah um and there's um I, I believe when you go down, to the to the uh, you know to the living room you see the sun uh, just over the horizon there and it casts yeah. this beautiful light inside the living room living room there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's these really warm summer memories there that we tried to to capture there, and and the yeah the improvisatory nature there seems fitting. Yeah, and I think uh, a lot more tracks were written um, in that sense where, you know, at first I just gotta fiddle around a bit. Uh, my my process isn't st- structured in that sense that I write music out first. I don't mm-hmm. start with notation or sheet music. Um, okay. I, I do quite the opposite. I uh, I try to let myself be inspired by both the in-game environment and also the the sonic textures that we have, you know, gathered in our little palette, which is the the things we do, f- you know, first when we just start out with with a project, mm-hmm. we we try to gather, you know, what what sonic colors, what musical textures we we feel like are appropriate for the project that we're making. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. then when the project starts rolling and we got to uh, crank out a lot of music in a very short amount of time um, we in addition to you know our themes and motives we also have a very a clear set of sounds that we want to play with and once, once we have these things we can just let go and be free and improvise to, mm-hmm. to our heart's content uh, mm-hmm. so long as the situation calls for of course yeah. for the more like tense sections that's where it becomes a little trickier to uh, <laughs> to improvise <laughs>
0: talk to me how you ended up working at the studio and and how you met me. because it sounds like, uh, you know, others that you work with and for perhaps uh, have a musical ear and interest musically in, in how the project should unfold. And I'm curious about that too.
1: Cool. Um, so one of the founders, Paul, he originally started out as a composer himself as well. Okay. Uh, he still does it, uh, but he is mostly active in the trailer uh, scene. That's where he uh, uh, did most of his composition work professionally. Uh, And that, um, even though he isn't, uh, um, how do I put this, too connected to, uh, you know, all the the technical stuff that is involved with getting your game up and running, or sorry, your music up and running in the game, Mm -hmm. the implementation side of things, he does have a very keen ear for, um, uh, for music and what it can do to establish an atmosphere. And his brother, the other founder, uh, Kuhn is also very, um, um, how do I put this, attuned to sound. Right? Okay. Uh, they both uh, feel like it's a very important thing, uh, in establishing an experience, whether it's a movie or a film or, or a theater piece or, or whatever. Uh, and so they've always emphasized. Uh, audio in uh, in the games that we make. So initially when I started, uh, when I got to meet them, I think I just walked into their office one day when they hosted this public alpha event for a game they were making. And oh, um, I did some background research before I went there and I saw, oh, Paul does music as well. So they're not going to need me and that's fine. I just want to go and see what they're up to, see, what, see what's going on. Uh, and we ended up connecting... Uh, in a very awesome way, so we ended up talking all afternoon, and I think we both, uh, the three of us left each other with a very positive vibe, we we resonated with each other, things clicked, and um, um, and at that point, I was just starting out as a composer as well, and I was just trying to be everywhere, so whatever game event or, uh, or uh, happening was going on in the country, not, the Netherlands is a, a super huge country, so I can be in one end of the country and travel to the other in, like, three hours. Uh, we're super tiny like that. Uh, so there was a time yeah. where I would just go to every event and just show up and be there, do the jams and whatnot, and just get to know people. But it was with Kun and Paul here at Koken that... Um, Uh, that something really clicked and a couple months after our initial Mm -hmm. meeting, they, uh, they sent me a message saying like, Hey, we, uh, you know, you, you mentioned doing music and I mentioned that very low key back then because I thought, yeah, okay, they have a composer. I'm not going to write music for them. I don't want to intrude on what they have going on already. Uh, but it turned out that they could use another composer on board there to, um, uh, you know, to help them, uh, create all the cool things that they want to uh, create. Now for Mars, uh, mm. we, uh, we managed to expand our audio team, and we uh, brought an amazing audio designer on board, Bas Bertrand, um, who just mm. did a phenomenal job in all things audio, uh, and I can't wait to show more of his work. Uh, we're cooking up some new things, cool. and he is much more involved with the music side of things. Uh, for that, and I'm really very, very okay. excited to uh, show that to the world once it's time. Um, but for Mars, uh, right. we divided it a little more cleanly, where the music was uh, uh, mostly me. Although we did play guitar on a couple of tracks um, on, uh, on Mars. Yeah, sir. I think I'm rambling a, okay. b- a bit. I hope that answered your question. No, not at all.
0: No, absolutely. No, that's that's great. You know, I I, I just. I think that's so wonderful when, you know, whoever's directing the game or coming up with the game or whatever is, um, in tune to music in the right way. Yeah. (laughs) Because I think we've all heard of nightmare stories where they think they know things about music, but, um, but yeah, no, that's, that's a, a really wonderful thing. Um, and you know the uh, there are credit songs. Talk to me about the um, song songs that are on uh, both games featuring. Is it the voice one of the voice actors
1: or uh, tell tell us about those songs? Oh, awesome! You bring that up. Um, the credit song they are a collaboration with uh, uh, Nola Club. Uh, she uh, she's a super incredible uh, voice actress, but also a singer. Uh, and um, we actually co-composed both of the credit songs um, um, when we were wrapping up uh, these games, and they they were such a nice way of um, bringing the games, or bringing both of these games, to a uh, to sort of a logical conclusion. So in the first uh, credit song, she uh, she sings from the perspective of Sarah, uh, who she also voiced in that uh, in the first game.
2: Dusty play
1: And it felt fitting to trace her path and uh, transcribe it to music, so to speak. So there's a bit of an arc in there where she... Um, I think she recounts uh, her disappointment with the people who uh, who were in charge of making sure that everything was running smoothly on the moon. And, um, yeah. and also her disappointment in uh, a, a person who I shall not... Name to avoid spoilers, uh, but who plays, uh, of course, a very pivotal role in in the game. Uh, and for the second mm-hmm. game, we wanted to pull off something similar, uh, but here we felt uh, there was a nice angle that we could use here. Um, that uh, hmm, how do I put this without spoiling anything? This yeah, you because you yourself <laughs> haven't finished the game, right? I haven't finished Mars yet. You no. Uh-uh. <laughs> it just
0: came out, right. right? It came well, it came out in the beginning of the year. It came out in February, yeah. did it?
1: Yeah. Yep. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So it's it's still yeah. it's still very fresh. Um so I shouldn't spoil it too much there. But she uh, she assumes the voice of um, uh, of another character uh, who is on the short end of a stake uh, near the end of a game. Um and she uh um uh, she gets to recount her side of the story there. Because I I didn't really touch on this yet, but uh both the Liver of the Moon and Deliver us Mars are games where we try to experiment and play with um moral ambiguity and the grayness of things. Like there we try mm-hmm. to be very careful about not saying this one side is obviously the good guys and the others, they're the bad ones. We try to steer away from having people judge. Uh, any your other party. Because it's also, it, it's a very interesting topic. Like uh, how are we going to approach approach space colonization and at what cost uh, mm-hmm. It's such an expensive endeavor, not just in terms of uh, economic funds, but also just in the sheer amount of resources that are put into creating all these spacecrafts, yep. the massive amounts of fuel that is being uh, evaporated in just a moment's notice, trying to get such an enormous craft up in the right. air. And there's just you know whenever we try to do something, there's also a lot of uh things we cannot do back here on earth and uh once we reach a point where we really are start starting to run out of resources, how do we feel about that balance like when is it when is it still justified to mm-hmm. really go out there in space uh, when do we mm-hmm. feel like it's necessary or when should we put our resources back here on Earth make sure that things are going right here. So there, in both of these games, there's um, this mixed um, moral premise here. And in The Liver's the Moon, it's more about, um, you know, should we stay here on Earth or should we go? And in Mars, it's... Um, Actually, it's very, it's, it's very similar, but there is a, a very a, <laughs> yeah, there's a much yeah. more personal uh, connection for the uh, for the uh, mm-hmm. uh, protagonist there, or not so much a more personal, but a, a different kind of connection there. It's more of a family connection right. that mm-hmm. we're exploring there. But both of the games have a very moral, mm-hmm. morally gray character, um, which is what we try to emphasize. Then to circle back to the credit song, uh, especially in the credit song from Mars, we want to. Uh, speak a little more from the perspective of a side that might be considered the bad side, uh, if we look yeah. at things from a more traditional manner, mm-hmm. from the perspective mm-hmm. that is not the player. So we try to um, uh, capture that there. And Nolie just did an amazing job uh, singing both of these tracks. She's such an she brings such emotion to these tracks and such musicality as well. I cannot I cannot That's emphasize it. how. Uh, how incredible her work is in, uh, in both of these games. We've
2: left them far behind
0: songs. What was it like to write a song? Like, are you, is that something you do anyway or have done in your past?
1: It's, uh, uh, honestly, it's challenging for me. I'm, I'm not used to writing songs. When I, uh, when I was younger, I used to play in a progressive rock band and that's not where the, 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 the you know, the, the usual uh, <laughs> classically structured songs come from. So we just did all sorts right. of weird... Weird stuff, which uh, you know, looking back, didn't always make the most sense. Uh, but it was fun, <laughs> and it's—I—I uh, yeah. I find myself not gravitating towards uh, traditional song structures, which, which makes it both both interesting and, and challenging as well to to tackle these things. Like a, a, n- a normal, mm-hmm. uh, you know, structuring for a song is not something I'm um, I'm I'm naturally inclined towards. So yeah, it's yeah. an interesting challenge yeah. to pick yeah. up on.
0: And then you, you mentioned that, you know, now you have a little more help on the audio team, but you did you do a lot of the sound design for Moon then and Mars, or how did that work?
1: Yeah, so for Moon, um, uh, I'm very happy that we we had quite some time. Even though our team was small, we had quite some time. Mm. Um, and I was involved at a super early stage, so I could do a lot of prototyping and um, sound testing uh, before the project really took off, uh, which meant that we we were kind of comfortable with the, the aesthetic uh, direction that we had chosen uh, at the time. Um, so at that point... Uh, it was a lot of assets ju- that just had to be made. And uh, yeah. it was a lot of hard work um, for everybody in the team, a lot of late nights there, uh, which looking back, we're not very proud of, but we were young and trying to <laughs> to <Yeah>. prove ourselves <laughs> and whatnot. There, there are some war stories uh, there. But... Um, it was, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, to get back to your question, for *Deliver to the Moon*, it was uh, mostly solo in terms of sound design. Uh, mm-hmm. But of course, um, when you're when you're creating the audio for a game, so much is also dependent and intertwined with the actual implementation of things, and that is right. so important for determining um, the actual design of your sound. And especially in Mars, um, that came much more to the forefront. But uh, also, still in Deliver Simoon, um, I cannot overstate how important it was to closely collaborate with uh, not just our programmers uh, for setting up the systems, but also uh, all of our level and audio or uh, game designers uh, to make sure that everything, you know, just fits in in the right place and are hooked up to the right things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in terms of like pure asset production, uh, I did do that myself for Deliver Simoon. Um, but it would, be, it would be false to say that it, it is a solo person effort. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it really takes a village to, uh, yeah. to pull off any, uh, any, any kind of game audio. Mm-hmm. And for Deliverous Mar- uh, Mars, uh, I'm incredibly thankful for the, uh, the amazing work uh, that Buzz did uh, for that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just brings so much energy and a different perspective on sound design as well. Uh, compared to uh, what I did. So it was, uh, you know, we we had a direction, we had our audio pillars set out and established, but flashing these out into actual, you know, or or manifesting them into actual assets, uh, that is Mm -hmm. where Buzz brought in a lot of fresh perspective uh, and Mm -hmm. new methods of working. Uh, We came up with all sorts of new systems, also with our tech team, of course, um, everybody had just learned so much over the course of the first game that we were now ready to step things up and uh, uh, elevate the quality in not just terms of the audio assets themselves but also the implementation thereof um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and we just keep doing that so for the next game we'll, uh, we'll up things up even more
0: me about the Netherlands. I know that that could take <laughs> days and days, but, you know, I don't, I don't think it's too often that someone like me has the opportunity to speak to someone in the Netherlands. So it seems like, much like here in Minnesota, it's probably an absolutely beautiful time of year there right now. And just tell me a little about it, if you would.
1: Awesome. Um, the Netherlands, if I would describe it in a single word, I think I would call it a haven or a sanctuary. It's um mm. uh I find myself incredibly lucky to have been born here um in terms of healthcare, uh prosperity, overall quality of life, education, there are just so many things that um even though we have a lot of things to nag about and uh and complain about, um so many things are going very well. Um, and th- that just makes for a very awesome place to live. So what we what we lack in, I think, environmental diversity, because there is just a lot of flatland here. We're literally the Netherlands. We're below sea level for most of the country. <laughs> um, wow. What we lack in environmental diversity, I think we make up for in terms of quality of life and uh, stability. I... Uh, Mm -hmm. I have never, well, I mean, there are plenty of things to worry about, but overall the country is super stable and that is, uh, especially the last few years have made me very aware of how special that is in, uh, in the world. Um, so I'm very thankful about being here and, uh, being, being so closely connected to so many other different countries here as well as as we're so close to England where a lot of things are happening. We're super close to, uh, to Germany as well. Uh, I mean, <laughs> you're on the other side of the world, but uh, we have the, the facilities here to facilitate such a connection super easily. And there are just, <laughs> yeah. um, well, I, I, could, I could go on about this uh, for so long. There are so many things to complain about, for sure. But when you listen about the things that are complained about, it's usually things that you can only complain about because so many fundamental needs are already being met. And uh, and that's a very fortunate position uh, to be in, and I'm yeah. very grateful for that. So it may it might not be the most um, exhilarating country to be in, um, <laughs> but oh my gosh, it's so. Uh, I think safety in terms of where you live and where you can retreat to yeah. when things are bad or when you're feeling down. Um, I think that's a very special thing to have in a world that you know, where so many things are still in need of, uh, being taken care of just by us as humanity. We got so many things to figure Mm -hmm. out still and, uh, cure and prevent and, uh, stabilize. And there's this little place on the earth where we have a lot of things sort of figured out and going smoothly and, (laughs) <laughs> and that's yeah. and that's here. And I happen I just so happen to have been born here. I feel like I I won a couple of lotteries by being born here. <laughs>
0: Heyo! Can you are working on more projects? I'm sure you can't talk about them, but can, but can you give any insight as to as to what's happening for you these days?
1: Sure. Yeah. Uh, so there's, I mean, the game is still fresh, delivers Mars, which means that there is uh, there is some post-launch support that we're uh, that we're still working on. Uh, mm-hmm. I think yeah, there's some pretty cool stuff in the pipes for that. But other than that. Um, we're also toying around with some other ideas, uh, testing out something, throwing a lot of things to the wall, see what sticks. Uh, and for audio that also means exploring a lot of different perspectives, new systems, new palettes, new sonic mm. textures. Um, we are, we are exploring. Uh, so a part of us is still very much involved in, uh, uh, in, in upkeeping Mars, uh, mm-hmm. And another part of us is looking ahead and um, and trying out some new things. And there's, yeah, I'm super excited to be uh, uh, able to share more about that in the in the years to come. There's a lot of cool stuff in the works that I can say.
0: What more – there's so much music, and I, I feel like I've probably left out a few hundred questions. But is there anything <laughs> about the music for Moon or Mars you want to make sure we talk about before um, – I'm sure we'll do this again someday, but uh, before that time.
1: Right. Um, let me see. Um... I'm always happy to talk about like the last level in Deliver Simoon. I think that music worked oh, out the best. The music is so uh, f- gorgeous.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: So, I mean, we can keep going forever uh, about this. Are there any particular uh, subjects that you like to touch upon in, uh, in your podcast, or is it anything well, goes? Yeah. I mean, anything goes. But I, I guess between
0: the two, when when you know you knew that Mars was going to be the next project and this was going to happen and I'm sure there was awareness of the scope being larger. Um, you know, talk to me how that uh, about how that affected the the music between between the projects.
1: So when we moved from Moon to Mars, um, a number of things changed. First of all, we we had learned a thing or two about planning after finishing the first game, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we took these Good. lessons to heart for, uh, for the second <laughs> game, uh, which meant uh, for, uh, for, for the soundtrack that we knew that we needed to do a lot of upfront work or front load a lot of the work, uh, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. We, we set out to establish a number of um, instrument or sounds uh, like the, the sonic palette that we talked about before. But also, uh, we also try to establish a more diverse array of themes or motives. So where, whereas the Leverus of Moon mostly revolves around the D minor chord, yes. and we play around with that, uh, in the Leverus Mars, um, we have a couple of uh, these progressions where the D major uh, and the inverted G minor talked about before Mm -hmm. that one is more uh connected to uh kathy uh so whenever she has a moment where uh where it revolves around her she she resolves to do something or um uh you know has a has a moment to herself that's where that usually comes out um but uh, uh the the outward faction of people they have you know their own palette of sounds i think they also start off with the with the D major, or maybe they are the ones that do go back to D minor to inu- to immediately set the tone. Uh, so we just have a couple of different themes uh, revolving around Kathy, around outward, around home or family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think these were the the most pivotal ones. Uh, so that was that's where we expanded on a little more. So there was just a step up in terms of production slash planning mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. preparation. A uh, bigger focus on uh, a more diverse set of uh, motifs to play with, with themes to play with, uh, different sets of chords to fill around with, mm-hmm. and that just helped us a lot, um, especially when uh, uh, when we needed to do a lot of cinematic work, uh, which was last year. I think I think literally a year from now I was working on the music for the cinematics, mm. and we have two hours of cinematics, uh, wow. which is. Which which is a lot, and uh, yeah, a lot more than I expected uh, yeah. uh, when we started out with the game. And it is only because we prepared so much uh, and did so much work up front that we were able to to get that all done. Because we just such a lot of uh, uh, work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just a lot of work. so much different work as well we um uh we did so much uh we had a lot of performance capture this time around we didn't have that oh, in cool. uh, Deliver liver okay. simoon okay which meant that uh our cinematics we could play around a lot more with silent action hmm. so um uh whereas in Deliver the liver simoon there is always music playing. In Deliverous Mars, we try to uh, have some more moments of silence. And I must admit that that goal did not work out as well as I had hoped in gameplay because I did end up uh, adding music pretty much everywhere. But uh, especially in cinematics, (laughs) that's where where the performance of the actors who did such an amazing job, it calls for silence Mm. now and then. And that's where also sometimes we can bring in this really gnarly, distorted bass, which is something we did not use at all in Delivera Moon. But here we have this mm-hmm. in, in Mars, especially in a lot of the cinematics, whenever there's some serious tension going on and we let this growling bass, which is really just a very simple sign, but then added with, I think it's isotope th- trash added to it, uh, <laughs> that really makes these... <laughs> I just, I just love the crispy feel of low distorted frequencies. It's just, yeah. <laughs> it's so delicious. <laughs> uh, so that in combination with these very lush, uh, lush chords, uh, I, just, I, just, mm-hmm. I just love playing around with that for the, uh, for the Mars soundtrack. I'm really excited to exploring how we evolve the sound for, uh, for our next project. It's gonna be wild.
0: write much music uh, on your own time or are you pretty much writing for for work right now or is there much music for music's sake?
1: Right. I used to do more music for music's sake but I realized that the kind of music I want to make requires too much production in order to make it uh, okay. actually come to life. Uh, so while I do fiddle around quite a lot but I don't really uh, record and produce it and, and publish it. Um, not quite yet. Although Bus and I are sometimes after work, we just come together and we. Um, uh, Bus is an amazing uh, guitar player, and uh, oh, nice. we keep thinking we should do like a an Animal Crossing ish uh, <laughs> album where the music is just super wholesome and it's it's it just. <laughs> Has happy vibes and sometimes that's really cool too. So we, we um, That'd be amazing. You, you can't see it from the webcam, but there is. Um, uh, we have a bunch of guitars here, but there's also this. Um, what's it called? It's like a, it's like an accordion. Uh, but it's connected to this tube that you're supposed to blow through. But we lost the tube, and now we need to blow directly into the <laughs> keyboard, to make the sounds come out. <laughs> And it's a very uncomfortable way of playing, but <laughs> but it's fun. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes Bus and I, we just, we just jam around a little after work. And that yeah, is honestly a, a lot of fun. So I, I hope that maybe someday yeah. we joke around about it, but I think we might just make uh, an Animal Crossing-inspired um, yes, <laughs> A tiny little EP where it's just us noodling on guitar and a uh, broken accordion trying to make that work. Yeah. I can't wait to show more of bus. The world needs more bus. He's uh, really a phenomenal audio creator. I want to show more. That's awesome. Buzz. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> cool.
0: Well, Sander, uh anything else you wanna say before we go? Um, I I just I look forward to whatever's next, you know?
1: What is left to say? I think um, you know, if you're into um hard sci-fi adventures, if you're into, you know, the loneliness of space, solitary adventures, um, if you're into games where combat isn't important, there's zero combat in the game, in mm-hmm. both of these games. Uh, yeah. It's not at all the focus of our games. Um, if you're into stories where you're interested in exploring the moral ambiguity of, you know, just life, because mm-hmm. life isn't, it's, it's not... Uh, uh, so black or white, as uh, some stories sometimes make it out to be, mm-hmm. and um, if you 're into exploring uh, different avenues there and seeing what other perspectives you know people can have uh, with dire consequences sometimes, um, yeah. then I think both of these games are worth checking out it's uh, I think the team established a pretty mm-hmm. awesome uh, and dramatic set of adventures that, um, isn't captured as much in mainstream games yet. I think. Yeah. Um, it's not the most unique game. I would not boast or, uh, or try to pretend that it is that, but there is, I think there is something to be said for these games that they are, they narratively speaking, they, they bring an interesting, uh, dimension Mm -hmm. to, to a game story. Um, there's a lot of moral quandaries to be explored there, and I think these can leave you thinking and talking about with, uh, with other folks who, are, uh, mm-hmm. who have played the game for uh, quite some time after, uh, after, after you finish the game. We still get messages of people um, who are so torn between either uh, perspective that is presented mm-hmm. in the game, and that is just a very special Uh, thing, we think. Life isn't, uh, it's it's rarely black and white, it's rarely good or bad, there's just Mm -hmm. different people having different approaches to what they think is right and how they can do the best they can in order to do what's right. For humanity, whatever that means, because that's what we're exploring, right? What, what does that even mean? Yeah. What is best for humanity, and who gets to decide that? Right. And these are these are super interesting questions that mm-hmm. uh, that we were fortunate enough to be able to explore in these two games, and uh, and I'm very much looking forward to driving these to even more of a boiling point in, in future games. I think it's just very exciting. Right. To explore in different moral dimensions in uh, in games. So if you're into that, mm-hmm. if you if you like games uh, that are a little morally ambiguous, uh, check it out. Mm-hmm. And also if you like rockets, there are rockets and they're awesome. And it's space. Yes, space and you get cool.
0: to drive them. You get to launch the ship. You launch the ships, which is so yeah. much fun. You're like toggle this switch, rev this up, so much fun. And um, you know, speaking as a gamer who quite often gravitates towards Uh, first-person shooter type or, you know, massive open-world adventure, although not as much these days, but uh, I like, I do like combat. And, And so the fact that these games have, you know, grabbed me so much and grabbed my attention, and I think that all comes down to how much you, personally and as a team nailed that vibe of that experience and the adventure so I'm just so grateful for, for both of these games and um, yeah I loved I've, I've loved them I can't wait to finish Mars either but Zelda is in the way right now <laughs> 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 but, and other things, of course, but, um, but yeah. yeah, I just look forward to finishing that experience and, and I really hope people play these games because they're, I mean, I know people have, but I just want more, sure. I want more people to play these games and experience them because I, I also find them to be really special and, and wonderful. So, uh, so yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you so much that, uh, that means a lot
1: to hear. Mm-hmm. Thank you mm-hmm. so much.
0: good. Um, and one more thing before we go that I, I meant to ask you about earlier was, you know, tell me a little bit about you as, as a gamer. Um, do you play now still? And, you know, just your relationship with video games uh, growing up and,
1: and today. Oh, nice. I think one of the first games I ever played is a game, the name of which I woefully can remember and has been a mystery for most of my life. Uh, but it, it left a mark on me. I think you were a wizard and you were... Uh, it, was, it was this ms dos or Windows 95-y uh, <laughs> side-scrolling game. You were a wizard and there were these green dudes with long noses. My brothers and I used to call them cucumber noses. <laughs> and that's I think that's how it all started. And from there, I think... My journey went through RTS. I was a lot into uh, the Dune games, um, Red two. I played a lot, um, hmm. but Warcraft two II and three. These ones really, these ones really uh, captivated me okay. so much. And especially when uh, when Warcraft three launched with the world editor, where you could just make your own maps. So that's also, I think, where uh, where the first uh, you know interesting game design. Uh, or, design, or uh, creating games was established.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh,
1: cool. Um, and from there, I was drawn into, uh, into the fantasy realm uh, where uh, World of Warcraft and Guild Wars popped up, uh, which is where I spend a-, spend a lot of time in. At the same time, I played a lot of uh, uh, Xbox. Back when I was a teenager, uh, I used to play a lot of Halo, uh, different Halos. Uh, Gears of War was very mm. much into that. Final Fantasy XIII, I played a lot back then. Okay. Uh, Fable, uh, (laughs) which is what we talked about before. I really, really, really loved Fable, Mm -hmm. uh, even though I couldn't really lose myself as much in the sequels, uh, Mm -hmm. but still left very much a mark on me. Um, And a couple years ago, I finally got a PlayStation. I grew up uh, with mostly a PC and an Xbox. Okay. Okay. And only a few years ago, I I finally got a PlayStation, and now I... I can't go back. <laughs> so I just I think I uh it was just a week a week ago that I uh <laughs> I reached platinum in God of War Ragnarok.
0: Oh nice. I enjoyed that
1: game so much. Wow, <laughs> oh nice. Um really enjoyed Ghost of Tsushima as well. Uh I think there's yeah. a couple of games that I platinum uh and Ghost of Tsushima is one of them oh, God of War Ragnarok. So beautiful, yeah. Uh almost got uh Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart. Nice. Uh, but that was this last achievement that didn't, I, I, I couldn't do it, and that it got me so frustrated that I, I ended up not finishing it, <laughs> <laughs> uh, unfortunately. But, but then um, there's also Hades, and, yeah. uh, and there's Hearthstone. There are so many awesome games um, mm-hmm. that I still find myself having to find a balance in, because there's just so much cool stuff coming yep. out. I'm very excited yeah. about Atlas Fallen, which is coming out soon. Oh, yeah. There's, there's a lot of cool stuff on the horizon that uh, Always. I'm interested in. Uh, in playing. Yeah, there uh just recently this awesome game uh based on Nordic folklore came out uh Bramble,
0: I think oh, it was okay. called. Okay. Um, I'll
1: have to look into it. It's uh yeah, it's it's a very atmospheric adventure uh with incredible music as well. Oh cool. okay um, I write it down? Bramble. where Nola who also worked on uh on both Delivers The Rivers Simone and The Mars also plays a very uh oh, cool. important role. I think she plays the um uh, or voices the narrator. That oh, game. nice! Nice. And uh, it just seems like a very awesome experience. So I can't wait to dive into that too.
0: Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Yeah. Oh.
1: So well, yeah, plenty of stuff still uh, on the horizon <laughs> to play. And, uh, Absolutely. I, I haven't lost the uh, the interest or the spark in games. Oh,
0: good, good. I don't know yeah. if I ever will. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, nice. Well, Sander thank you so, so much for all your time. I'm so glad we finally connected. And um, I've just, I just had such a wonderful time hearing your music and experiencing the games. And, uh, and as I've said already, I just, I look
1: forward to whatever you guys are going to come up with next. I know it'll be great. So thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me and for your kind words. I, uh, I and the team really appreciate it. It really, uh, it means a lot to us.
0: Thank you for listening to Level with Emily. You can learn more about Sonder Von Zanten, see a playlist and support Level with Emily at patreon.com level. Check out the video of my chat with Sonder on the Level with Emily YouTube channel and please subscribe and get your notifications, give us some likes, all of those things help us out quite a bit. I'm Emily Reese. Sam Keenan is our producer. Say hi, Sam.
2: Hello in Nederland.
0: You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Level with Emily and learn more about us at levelwithemily.com, made possible by Adam Selvage at Tiki Web Services. Composer Brad Gentle manages our YouTube channel. Level with Emily Reese is a production of June Media Inc. Here at Level with Emily, we're part of the Audio Podcast Alliance. It features a hand-picked selection of the very best podcasts about sound. You can hear the latest episodes from our friends in the community at audiopodcast.org.